planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung. Hey everybody, it is your reigning, defending, Fantasy Football Addicts Dynasty Champion of the World. That's right. It's your favorite host with the most. It's the Los. Yeah. We, we overcome, we overcame. I hope everybody had a great fantasy season. Uh, I know you had a lot of fun, Mung. Yeah, I would have had more fun if Tyler Lockett and Philip Lindsay weren't worthless. Yeah, that well, Tyler Lockett. I mean, we'll we'll talk about him in a bit, but uh, I'm a little worried. No, it's uh, nothing against the players; they're good players. Just you know, I'm just bitter, bitter about our semifinal matchup, which I lost, even though I had a great team led by Mr. Christian McCaffrey himself. It's it's just truly amazing. I I don't even know how it happened, how I overcame Christian McCaffrey, how I overcame the wide receiver two week of Michael Thomas, how I overcame the wide receiver two overall week of Devontae Freeman, but I did it, and that's uh, all that matters. You know, I'll say this. I've seen a lot of discussions on Twitter and elsewhere about, you know, different scoring systems are having having two weeks of scoring for the playoff rounds. And, and even though I lost, I say no, because that, that's what fantasy is, right? A- any given Sunday, that whole mentality where, you know, the underdog can can always win, you know, set the right lineups. Uh, I'm, I'm not complaining here. I'm not saying we need to change the scoring system or we need to, you know, make it two weeks per round. I say I lost and congrats. Close. That's right. That's right. That's a defeatist mindset. You don't, you don't, it, the games aren't chalk. If they were, the Ravens would have won this week, and that's not what makes the NFL fun. Right, and and people tend to remember those bad beats, but what about when you know you got that extra kneel down from your opponent and that caused him to lose and you won a title? Like People don't remember that stuff. They remember the bad beats. The fantasy gods giveth, and they take it away, and we just have to accept what they have for us. Yeah, and uh, you know, you mentioned the Baltimore game, and man, I I don't know how many people can honestly say they saw that one coming. But if they if they do, probably ninety percent of them are liars because nobody was talking. You know, people were saying maybe it's going to be a close game, but absolutely no one I saw on Twitter in real life in discussions just nobody expected that. I don't think Mike Vrabel expected it. Yeah, but uh, looking back, you know, uh, probably a lot of this is hindsight, but uh, looking back, maybe it's not that shocking. Okay, let me hear it. I I guess I'll hear you out. Go ahead. Well, I mean, looking back, I'm just saying we never saw the Ravens have to play from behind, and and once they, you know, kind of struggled to get out of the gate, they they weren't able to do what Kansas City was able to do on offense and kind of get back on the horse. Um, and, and it kind of just snowballed on them. And I, I don't think that anyone should have expected that. But, you know, we really never got to see in the regular season Baltimore come from behind it at really any point. It, it was it was quite a game. I mean, you, you're right. But I, I, I'd still say that I was shocked by it. 
uh, it was reminiscent of when they lost to Cleveland in what was it like week four or something like that. Um, a little different situation. They were still coming. I mean, that's the thing. It was week four. They were still coming together to gel as a defense. They lost their nose tackle heading into that game. They didn't have two of their defensive backs, which one they traded for and one was Jimmy Smith who was injured. So it's a different situation altogether. But yeah, somebody uh, stuffed the ball down their throats repeatedly and they lost. Yeah, and uh, it's really kind of funny because uh, I don't remember which which Titans player it was, but they were basically saying like, you know, we just played Madden on them. We we ran engage eight and forced them to beat us, and and they couldn't. Basically, the case. Basically, the case. Uh, I guess I'll take us over into uh, some game uh, some game recaps uh, from the from the. Uh, from the playoffs, um, obviously nothing. None of these were counted in your fantasy stats unless you have a dynasty, uh, unless you have a uh, playoff league. The takeaways here are mostly in preparation for next year. Um, so I'm going to start off, if it's all right with you, with uh, the NFL wildcard losers. Yeah, go go ahead. Well, uh, you know, I I think this wrap up show we'll talk a little bit about uh, you know kind of the 2019 season in general, maybe some dynasty topics towards the end, but. Right now, uh, we'll, you know, we'll just talk a little football, right? We'll go through just kind of what's been happening in the playoffs and then what we expect to, to kind of happen uh, this coming week in the conference championship games. Big week to come. All right. The first first thing on the docket was the Buffalo at Houston game with Buffalo losing. Josh Allen had another nice 19-point day with 92 yards rushing on the ground. He did finish the season as a quarterback one, and I think he's going to be disrespected again heading into next year's uh, draft for certain. Probably end up in one of those round 12 through round 14 quarterbacks, but should be going higher, certainly going higher than a lot of quarterbacks taken in front of him. Now, you may leave that to mean that maybe all those secondary-type quarterbacks should be left for the 14th round. That's where I'd lead, uh, I'd lean, but, you know, be that as it may. Devin Singletary led the team rushing with 13 carries and six catches, seven targets, and 76 yards receiving. I expect the Bills to draft a wide receiver next year and show a little more commitment to Devin Singletary as a running back, too. If they do take a wide receiver, probably try to sell high on John Brown. I love the player, but the team is primed for an addition of a game-changing wide receiver. And this and this draft may have four or five of them. Yeah, you know, I, I'm on I'm on Allen with you. I think um, in general, going into next season, the trend is pretty clear that rushing quarterbacks have a high floor and a high ceiling any given week. So um, I, I would expect to have him in my top seven or eight quarterback uh, rank in my rankings for redraft next year uh, as of this point. Um, I'm not quite with you on John, or excuse me, John Brown. Um I was about to say Jonathan Williams for some reason, but uh, oof, bad it, memories for you. Well, no, is that isn't who's the composer who wins a bunch of Oscars? John That's John Williams, right? Yeah. Okay, thanks. The guy who composed Dan. like the Star Wars theme and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. I think I think that's why that name was on my mind because I was reading about some Oscar stuff right before this. Um, oh, okay. Uh, but anyway, um, John Brown, I'm not too worried. Even if Buffalo does draft a wide receiver, I, I I think he would still be the one A. And really, you know, we saw even with guys like Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, John Brown's no Julio, but. I think he's still going to be entrenched as the top receiver on that team, even if they do add some talent this offseason. I agree, but I just don't think that the volume will be there. And I think so many guys are up and coming that sure, he's going to be a usable guy. But I think he becomes more of like a uh, bi-week fill-in with with 
a plethora of guys stepping up. I think Hollywood Brown's going to take a step forward. I think Cortland Sutton has taken a step forward and is going to be definitely above like a John Brown oh, type. Well, I think the, okay, that's I think a bad example. I think the numbers example. of guys are just passing him. Yeah, I mean, Sutton for sure I would take ahead of John Brown going into next year. Uh, but I, I'm saying you can probably get John Brown in that wide receiver, what, if I had to guess right now, maybe like 25 to 30 range in, in drafts next year. And, you know, he'll probably finish at least there, if not better. See, no, I think that's where you'd have to get him, but I think he'll finish more like 40 to 45. I, I think he's the new most Sanu. Mm. I'm not with you on that one, but, uh, you know, it's too early to debate these things. I mean, a lot, a lot's this, is, gonna change. this is all saying that they go ahead and draft, you know, like a Jerry Judy or something like that. Yeah, and I'm saying I don't think that would impact them that much because huh. Judy would then, t- you know, assuming that, then they would take all the targets of the guys like Robert Foster and all the no- other no-name wide receivers that they have who aren't really contributing. Yeah, I guess we could see either way. All right, shall we move on? Yeah, yeah. To, uh, I don't know if you'll want to discuss this one at all, New England uh Lost to Tennessee. Uh, this I, team I don't is in recall, offensive disarray. I don't recall they need this game loads that of... you're talking about right now. Um, What'd you say? I, I don't recall this game that you're talking <laughs> about. Uh, well, I, I'm yeah. gonna be I'm gonna be completely honest. I actually uh, I wasn't able to watch either of these two games. I was at a wedding that day, um, at a wedding which I saw a very nicely dressed uh, Nick Jurgelis. Oh, he sounds like a cool kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the Pats, unfortunately, sorry, Mung, are in offensive disarray. They need loads of help. Uh, Brady was reduced to a game manager here, 200 yards, no touchdowns. And he, the, the words are he may not be back with the team. I don't really expect him to play for anybody other than uh, the, the Patriots. But, you know, people got to talk. There's got to be headlines. Julian Edelman's going to be 33 this coming year. He got arrested this last week for vandalism. The running back tight end and wide receiver situations are all a total mess of guys who I don't know who's going to creep to the top. The draft capital has been spent on Nikhil Harry with a first rounder and most new. They traded away a second rounder this year. So I do expect them to get all the chances that they can alongside Edelman. Uh, but I wouldn't pay more than a second for Harry in a dynasty and or a third for Sony Michelle at this point. He is falling off a cliff as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, so I, I obviously have no insider information or anything, but I would expect that, you know, at the end of the day with all this drama and the articles and the podcast talking about, oh, what's going to happen to the Brady? I, I don't see Kraft, you know, letting him get away. This is literally the guy who or one of the two guys who built this entire franchise. Um, I would expect, you know, like a two year, $50 million contract, something like that. Um, I expect Brady... Belichick and McDaniels to all be back and really that's you know the train's going to keep chugging along I, uh, do you disagree with that no even I, I don't see this team moving forward without a quarterback and they're not in position to draft a top one yeah I, I agree 100% I think they will be drafting another guy if they're if they don't love Stidham what they've seen from him um, but at the end of the day I, I don't see Brady leaving at this point something you know, obviously there's a little bit of friction from what we can tell behind the scenes, but I don't think it's anything where they're not going to be shooting for another ring next year. Well, he's got to flex a little because he I, I think all of it comes from him saying that he wasn't sure he'd be back with the team. But you have to do a little bit of offseason posturing, even Tom Brady, because he's gone the past decade of his career, allowing the team to pay him below market value so that they could keep a team running. Sure. And and 
You know, actually, yeah, fantasy-wise, I, I think Brady is definitely an avoid. Um, I, I know you would agree with that. Yeah. But I do think that Edelman will be just fine. Uh, you know, look at what he did this season. He was yeah. a, a top 10 wide receiver. And, you know, he was double covered all year because they had no other receiving threats. And he played through knee injury, a shoulder injury, rib injury since, you know, early in the season. Uh, this is, I mean, he's, he's a locked-in wide receiver, too, at worst, I would think. As long as uh, he can stay healthy and he doesn't get too old, absolutely. Yep. All right, let's move on to the oh, uh, next uh, one and done one team, the thing. New Orleans Saints, who lost to Minnesota. Los. Uh, the Saints. Sorry, yes. uh, one one last thing on the Patriots. Uh, I do agree that I, I would not pay a rookie first round pick for Nikhil Harry. Um, I, I don't think we saw any sort of development throughout the entire year. Uh, certainly not enough where I would think he'd be more than a wide receiver three or flex play in fantasy. Kind of what, what you think John Brown will be, I think John Brown will uh, easily outscore Harry next year. Oh, yeah. I, in a heartbeat, I'd take, uh, I'd take him over him. Uh, that was a descriptive sentence. All right, the Saints uh, lost to Minnesota in a good game in overtime behind solid days for Kamara and Michael Thomas. Uh, the main point here in this game was the Taysom Hill usage as a passer rusher and the touchdown receiver uh the quarterback situation doesn't appear to be in flux but teddy bridgewater water was effective this year with uh with breeze injured and sean payton clearly has plans for Taysom hill what does it all mean can they keep three quarterbacks on a, on the roster again next year is somebody gonna bid up for bridgewater I, maybe none of this matters maybe it all matters yeah, I, I I think the New Orleans game is another one that maybe we should have at least considered would have been closer in hindsight. Um, I, I mean, they just had so many injuries on the, the defensive line and the offensive line that it, it kind of makes sense in, in retrospect. Again, maybe it's just hindsight that you know they weren't able to really keep up with Minnesota on either side. And as for the quarterbacks, uh, much like Brady, I think there's going to be a lot of drama surrounding, oh, will Breeze be back? But Yes, uh, he'll be back. Come on. Um, I, I do think that it's possible that other teams, though, would, might pay up for Bridgewater and maybe even Taysom Hill, both of whom's contracts are done, right? Um, Bridgewater is going to be an unrestricted free agent and Hill is going to be a restricted free agent. So it really is just going to depend on uh, if they see Bridgewater as the future after Breeze. And if so, uh, is that going to be next year, the year after? Or is Breeze going to be like Brady where he's going to try and keep going as long as he can? Yeah, I, I think I think Bridgewater may leave, may stay, just depending. It seemed like he fit in well with the team. The reports that I've read about him is that he enjoys being in New Orleans. Um, it's just a matter of money. I really think dollars and cents. And I don't see Taysom Hill getting taken off this team. He's got, uh, he's an RFA. I think they'll bring him back relatively cheap. Um, I don't know if there's another coach that's going to find that Tebow spot for Taysom Hill that Sean Payton's developed. I agree, but I, I do think it would be interesting um, if Hill ever did get a starting job. I, I just want to see, I'm not saying he would succeed. But well, he, I, he may in two years. Right, but I think, you know, with the right offensive-minded coach, uh, he could be fairly difficult to stop, kind of like a Josh Allen type. I mean, he looked good. I don't think it's sustainable. You can't give him the ball, you know, 12 times and have him rush it, but he looked really good and powerful. He, he picks his spots well. He picks the right guys to light up, basically. Yeah. He's a smart player. For sure, and, and that's why I think a Josh Allen type comp would be good. Yeah, sure, uh, sure. All right, uh, Philadelphia versus Seattle. 
the final team that went uh, one and uh, actually no, I, I guess the Ravens went one and done. But you know, Seattle came into Philly and basically shut them down after Carson Wentz was injured in that first quarter with the concussion. Just an unfortunate turn of events for Carson Wentz yet again. Uh, this team seriously needs to get healthy. I'm not sure that we know what these 2020 Eagles are going to look like. This is a much better offense than uh, than it has been when Howard, Jeffrey, and Ertz are all healthy and ready to go. Miles Sanders came on at the end of the year as a solid PPR back with plenty of catches. But I think that was mostly with Howard out in the second half of the season. Uh, also, DJX out. Also, Jeffrey hurt. So Sanders has the ability, but I think I'd lean on selling high to him, selling high on him to a Philadelphia fan if you have one of them in your league. Sorry, selling high on who? Which one? Miles Sanders. For uh, what's what's the dynasty price you would want? <coughs> um. Hmm. Ooh, as not a Miles Sanders owner. Uh. I guess I would sell him for – so I'd sell him for an early first, which I think would be selling high on him. An early first, you said? An early 2021st, the top four. Okay, yeah, I'd, I'd sell at that price as well. Um, I, I think early, mid, mid first at the very least. Uh, you're certainly not selling him for less than where you probably drafted him in the top five picks of last year, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I would want to wait for the draft to happen to make sure that, you know, everybody's not in a – craptastic situation or something but you know sure yeah and and i think uh i don't know that you mentioned him but dallas goddard's another guy i'd probably sell high on um he was what like a borderline ppr top 10 tight end this this past season but he was um, a one yeah yeah but again i i don't see that necessarily being the baseline from here on out uh obviously Ertz is still going to be there under contract for at least next year i believe 2021 as well uh, i have to check the details on that uh, contract but at the same time you know Goddard sure he was a top 10 tight end even as the number two tight end in Philadelphia but as you mentioned that was with a a huge amount of injuries to basically their entire wide receiver core Deshaun Jackson out past week one Uh, Alshon Jeffrey was out for more than half the season I think Um, just you know the amount of the amount of targets that got funneled to both tight ends, really. Uh, I don't know that Ertz is necessarily a, a must-sell high, but I, I don't think that he's going to repeat this this year again. I know people were saying that about 2019 after a huge 2018, but the the issues are the same, right? If they just need wide receiver help, that that's what it comes and, down to. And Ertz was not great at the start of the season with the with uh, when all the receivers were still healthy. Yep, exactly. Um, I, I think we're on the same page there. All right, this that'll take us into our divisional round losers. First up, Houston, who played Buffalo and Kansas City. All right, here's the rushing lines for this team because there's really not much to add to talk about with uh, Sean Watson and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Carlos Hyde in two games carried the ball 29 times for 92 yards with four catches on five targets, 23 yards, and a touchdown. Duke Johnson, four carries, 49 yards with eight target, eight catches on 11 targets, 53 yards. So they have these weapons at wide receiver surrounding Deshaun Watson. I think this is a team who could invest heavily in a young quarterback early second, late first round of this draft or wherever they have their pick. I guess it'd be late. There's enough talent in this draft that I think somebody good will still be there in the late second round. And I think they pulled the trigger there with a very solid running back. This this offense is, is going to be near unstoppable. Mm, maybe. Uh, I think. O-line. I uh well I think offensive line and their secondary are the two big weaknesses right because if you shore up the line uh you know you can get a 
a replaceable talent at running back, and he'll do fairly well. Um, and then really they just they couldn't hold up against Patrick Mahomes this past week, and that's going to be a huge issue going forward. Uh, I just I, I think they will take a running back potentially either, uh, or they'll pay up for you know an off-season acquisition or a rookie running back, but I don't know that they're going to go uh, running back in in, a, in the first day of the draft, first two days of the draft. I think it'll be, you know, a round four, round five edition. You don't think they signed Melvin Gordon, do you? I don't think so. Um, I also I also don't know if Bill O'Brien's still going to be there uh, past, you know, the next couple weeks. Really? Uh, I mean... A division I- title? A, a playoff win? Sure, a uh, uh, division title, yes, against uh, a Colts team that didn't have Andrew Luck and was also had a hurt for set for a while. Um, How about the a Titans team that beat Baltimore and the Patriots? Yeah, I mean they had the record because Mariota started the first seven or eight games, right? I mean, what what would that division look like if Tannehill had started Week One? Yeah, but you still but think Houston don't usually would look at winner? it like that. <laughs> Sure, but this is—I mean, this is a record now, right? Uh, the Texans have lost a ton of playoff games. They—they've made it to the playoffs the last few years, but what have they really done of note? Well, I mean, if you're not winning a Super Bowl, what are you doing of note? Right. I mean, I mean, look yeah. at look at what Jerry right. Jones and uh, with Jerry Jones and uh, Jason Garrett, right? I mean, they've had winning seasons for quite a few years, but he's gone. Yeah, but Jason Garrett had like 12 years to work on it. Bill O'Brien's only been there like three. Uh, I feel like it's been longer than three at this point. I think Bill O'Brien's just the sort of guy that feels like it's been longer. Maybe. <laughs> Hold on. Let me let me look this up real quick. Now I'm curious. How long has it been? He has been in Houston since 2014? 14, 15, 16, 17. Okay, so six, six years. years. I mean, that's... That's but quite some feel, time. It feels like 16. I get it. Yeah, I just... Yeah, 2014. I, I don't know. I personally, I think I don't think he's the right head coach there. I don't... But I mean, and he has all the power because he's the GM too. Yeah, but um, quick fantasy nugget though, I'll say. Um, what are your thoughts on Will Fuller and Carlos Hyde? Um, I mean, I think Carlos Hyde is practically an afterthought unfortunately well he's, um, he's a free I, agent right so do you think he where where do you think he's gonna land oh i haven't i haven't put any i haven't put any thought into that just yet i i think that nobody knows where anybody's gonna land until the i think everybody's gonna wait to sign these free agent running backs until uh until the draft honestly there's no reason to pay up for any of these guys when you can get a, a potentially game change like there are at least five potentially game-changing running backs in the draft this year, and GMs aren't stupid. They're aware of this. What about uh, Will Fuller? He's a free agent as well. You think Houston's going to pay up for him? He's had, what, like half a healthy season each year? I don't think Bill O'Brien will pay up for him, no. So if not, what are they going to do? Because, I mean, look at the splits of Deshaun Watson with Fuller stretching the field and without him, and the, the numbers are just insanely skewed. I think Kenny Stills, if he could stay healthy, can honestly do what, whatever Will Fuller can do. Um, he needs to show it, but, I mean, dare I say he's almost better? What do you think about Robbie Anderson in Houston? I think Robbie Anderson is not the kind of player that Bill O'Brien would sign. 
Okay, that's fair. Um, again, if Bill O'Brien's making those calls in Houston. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But just the just the impression that I get from him, the types of players that he seems to seems to target. I guess Laramie Tunsil doesn't really fit that mold, given his draft day sort of snafu. But you know, that's that's it's in the past, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. But I, mean, I but Robbie Anderson, I I is gonna is gonna want fifteen million a year, fourteen million a year. I, I think he's already said that. Yeah, I mean, is that? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I guess there's there's a lot that's gonna that's gonna switch around in, in quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers this offseason. A lot of interesting free agents. Yeah, there is. It's gonna be a good one. All right, Seattle. Uh, with the uh, win against Philadelphia and then the loss to Green Bay, Russell Wilson did enough to beat the Eagles 325 yards and a touchdown. But that running back situation was just too thin. Uh, they lost all their top options for playoff time. Now, DK Metcalf is starting to come on a bit. 7 of 9, 160 yards against Philadelphia. Just 4 of 5, 59 yards in Green Bay. But Tyler Lockett went 4 of 8, 62 in Philly but picked it up for a nice 9 of 10, 136 yards and a touchdown in Green Bay. I think this is what we're going to see a lot of next year. I think this is going to get infuriating because of the target volume of the Seattle offense. So some games you're going to have great games from one. Other games you're going to have Tyler Lockett have one catch for 12 yards, and you're going to overpay for him, and you're going to get very frustrated. Well, uh, no, Jacob Hollister continues to see about five targets a game, so no real change there. I don't expect many offensive changes to come in terms of the personnel with Carson, Penny, and Disley back, but I just don't know that really any of them should be drafted too high because I think Penny has established a spot in this offense where he's going to hamper Carson. Yeah, I'm probably going to be avoiding all the Seahawks running backs in the draft and redraft next year. Um, Just They're both coming off major injuries, and I generally tend to fade those guys because you never know when those compensatory injuries are going to pop up. as for Lockett and Metcalf, I do think that's going to be a, a very difficult situation to project, um, mostly because Seattle just seems to continually want to be a run-first offense, and you know Russell Wilson will start slinging it in the fourth quarter when they're down twenty points. Uh, but until then, you know how many targets are these guys going to get, and when they do, uh, are they going to just switch off big games and make it difficult to? You know, predict when is which week is going to be a Lockett game and which week's going to be a Metcalf game, right? Yep. But it's not the wrong mindset. Look at the success Tennessee's having. Look at San Francisco. I mean, that, these this is pulling it back a little bit to some throwback running running football. It's it's sort of nice to see. It's refreshing. I guess everything always goes in cycles. Yeah, but I, I guess the problem is this year the Seahawks just don't have the Legion of Boom's gone. They don't have the defensive talent. They can't stop other teams, and to be able to do that, uh, you need a defense like the Niners have, right? You need to be able to control the game. Agreed. I, I actually think it's truly amazing that Seattle was as good as they were this year, having lost so many playmakers, uh, losing Earl Thomas, um, Cam Chancellor two years ago. I, I didn't think Seattle was going to sniff the playoffs for at least three, four years. So, all right. So question then, uh, because I think that that's true. Uh, I don't think a lot of people expected the Seahawks to make the playoffs this year, and yet they did, uh, even making it past the wild card round. Is that because of Pete Carroll or in spite of Pete Carroll? No, I think that's all Pete Carroll. Mm, okay. Uh, 
I you think know. the opposite, it sounds like. I'm on the fence because I, I think Russell Wilson pulled a lot of heroics. They won a lot of close games. Um, and I think that pendulum is going to swing back the other way next year. But winning close games is a sign of good coaching and good game management. Yeah, I agree. But there's also a, a lot that kind of needs to go your way in order to in order to win those close games. Um, you know, it, it's kind of the age old, uh, is it better to be good or is it better to be lucky? Okay. All right. And I guess Pete Carroll will settle for being good and sometimes unlucky. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think this, I think, uh, this is a very split topic. I've seen a lot of Carol supporters and I've a lot of seen a lot of Carol bashing and uh, I guess, uh, I'll take the easy way out and I'm on, I'm on the fence on this one. Fair enough. All right. Minneapolis or Minneapolis, Minnesota at new Orleans, uh, Minnesota beat new Orleans behind that big day for Dalvin cook, two touchdowns, rushing three receiving. Big day for Adam Thielen, 7 of 9, 129 yards, including a deep shot that set up that win, and a disappearing act for Stephon Diggs, just two catches, 19 yards. Cal Rudolph got that winning touchdown, but is a non-dynamic option in a position where you need more pop in 2020. They followed that up by getting slapped around by San Francisco. Just 10 points in a playoff game is never going to cut it. Diggs caught just two passes again, but had 50 yards and a touchdown. And Cook was keyed in on by the defense. Uh, This was a really bad game for Minnesota. Hard to really take much from it, other than they got manhandled by a better defense. Yeah, I think, excuse me, fantasy-wise for this Vikings offense, um, there's a lot in the air, up in the air. Um, I think Dalvin Cook is, is so talented that he's going to definitely be a, a top five or at least top ten uh, redraft pick next year. Um, but I do think it's going to get shaken up a little bit with the offensive coordinator leaving for Cleveland. Yeah, I agree. De- um, defensive coordinator. Offensive. Uh, Stefanski, right? Oh, I thought I thought the defensive coordinator went. No. Did the D coordinator go also? Uh, I don't think so. I thought I read that today. Um, new defensive court. Oh, they let him go. Oh, they just fired him. Yes. Oh, okay, so he didn't get a job yet. No, but okay. Kevin Stefanski got hired. The offensive coordinator got hired by oh, Cleveland. Oh, so that. So I missed that. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. This team is in flux then. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Well, I guess that means that that Mike Zimmer's going next, no? Oh, well, we'll see how they do next year, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so huh. I I think for me, I think Cook is good enough and he's going to continue to be the focal point of that offense regardless of who takes that coordinator job. Um, maybe it's Gary Kubiak, throwback. Um, but e- either way, I I'm probably going to be off Thielen and Diggs and Rudolph and the rest of the guys. Uh, just because, uh, well, I, I shouldn't say that, but as of right now, I'm off them, but it, it depends on their offensive coordinator hire as well. And then it depends on, you know, how the offensive line looks because they really got healthy, uh, down the stretch. And we saw that cousins, as long as he has time, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be able to find his guys, but I don't know. Just there, there's a lot up in the air for Minnesota. This is a team much like Philadelphia. That's probably going to look very different next year. I think. Cross your fingers, they don't have too many 7.30 p.m. games. Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens, your one seed of the Ray FC, lost to Tennessee. Um, I, I think really there's the least of all to take from this 
Baltimore playoff showing. I don't think it's going to affect next year's um, fantasy season, really. Jackson still had a solid enough fantasy day with 143 yards rushing. Derrick Henry just ran the Ravens out of their own stadium. The Ravens are going to come back next year with much of the same pieces and hopefully more health for Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown. I think Justice Hill has a shot at becoming something in year two, but it's going to be Mark Ingram's job to start out. Um, I just don't see much reason to change up too many of the pieces. Maybe it, no, I, I think they're they're good from the skill positions. I think they're going to seriously look at adding help at wide receiver after the amount of drops that the the receivers had. Um, that Titans game was still very winnable, uh, even in late into the third quarter. Um, they had a lot of chances, but uh, you know Willie Sneed dropped a third down conversion. Uh, uh, I don't remember. Um, I can't remember the other receiver's name, but he dropped a, a pass uh, that would have been a first down too. Um, and Jackson looked pissed. So I, I think they are going to be investing. Whoa, family show. <laughs> that's not bad. That's not even a bad word at this point. Um, <laughs> at at what point? What <laughs> what point are we talking about? <laughs> All right, so peeved is that better for your for your uh, are, tastes? Are you except? Are you are you are you saying that society has fallen so far that that's not even a bad word anymore? <laughs> uh, I, that is correct. I don't think that's even that bad at this point. <laughs> that's what we're saying. Uh, um, I think I think uh, you're undercutting Miles Boykin a bit. I think he's gonna gonna have a good off season. I think he'll be Boykin. a fine wide receiver too he- for this team. That that was the guy. He had the other drop. So um Yeah. So he, he didn't get the bright lights, big city stuff this year, but he's gonna he's gonna be okay next year. He's he's better than he's been. Maybe. I, I think the main guys they'll be targeting here are gonna be Jackson and Andrews. Uh probably uh, the other guys are probably gonna go a little bit too high for me. All right, fair enough. Well, I don't know if they're gonna get drafted at all, to be honest. No, I think there's going to be a lot more, you know, continued hype on Justice Hill. He had hype coming in as a rookie. I, I just see them continuing with a committee with Ingram, uh, Edwards, and Hill. I, I don't see anyone really becoming a dominant. Dominating. Uh, yeah. Sure. And I think I think Ingram is going to be, you know, a mid to low end RB2. I don't think he's going to repeat those RB1 numbers either. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. All right, we've got a few teams still alive. Four, to be exact, obviously. Uh, that'll let's. Where do we want to start? Tennessee. Yeah, we'll start with uh, Tennessee at uh, Kansas City this week. All right, so the lead-in for Tennessee. Tennessee has allowed Tannehill to manage the game twice here. Just eight completions against New England and seven against Baltimore, despite their wins. Derrick Henry rushed 34 times, 182 yards with a touchdown, and nobody topped two receptions in the game against New England. And he went 30 rushes, 195 yards, and a touchdown, or no touchdown in game two, but adding a passing touchdown to Corey Davis. Here's the wide receiver numbers in those wins. A.J. Brown, game one. One catch, one target, four yards. Game two, one catch, three targets, nine yards. Two catches in two games. Corey Davis, zero for two, game one. One of three, two yards and a touchdown, which was thrown by Derrick Henry. So obviously not much going on for these wide receivers. Um, I am very excited to see what this week's going to bring us, though, uh, versus Kansas City. Yeah, and... It is interesting, but I think this is another kind of fool's gold uh, kind of situation. Um, and by that, I mean the the way that Tennessee beat Baltimore. 
Um, Baltimore didn't really ever have to come from behind in the regular season. And I think Tennessee has kept most games pretty close in, in the regular season and postseason thus far. Um, and I think the biggest advantage for the Titans is, is going to be the fact that um, the Chiefs are without Juan Thornhill, their rookie safety, who's playing really well. Uh, he tore his ACL in Week 17 against the Chargers. And then the big question, too, is going to be if Chris Jones is going to be able to play. Uh, he missed that game against the Texans with a calf injury. And Jones is a key player on, on this defense, probably one of their top two playmakers, along with Tyron Matthew. Um, he's a huge run stopper and pass rusher, and him being active could be huge uh, for limiting Derrick Henry here. Um, my projected game flow right now for this matchup is ironically pretty close to what the Titans were able to do to the Ravens, only flipped around. Uh, Baltimore was never able to get into a rhythm on offense, and that allowed Tennessee to really just stack the box all game against Jackson in the run. Uh, but this is an approach that's going to be much tougher against a Kansas City offense that's pass-oriented. Uh, the Chiefs can clearly dig themselves out of a big hole, as they did against the Texans. They negated a 24-point lead in just under 10 minutes of gameplay. Um and then on the flip side here, if Kansas City gets the lead, uh, that's going to mean fewer carries for Henry in the second half, which is the strength of the Titans' offense. And at that point, it's going to fall on Tannehill to catch up. And even though the Chiefs' secondary isn't quite as good with our, without Thornhill, uh, they're still built better to stop the pass than the run. At the end of the day, I think Henry is a good enough player to be productive in this game, especially early on. But I would probably fade him in fantasy and DFS this week, given the massive price difference between Henry and the cheaper options like Damian Williams or even the San Francisco running backs. Um, really, I would expect Kansas City to pull ahead in, in the second half or earlier. And I think the better uh, daily plays here are going to be A.J. Brown and Janu Smith. Uh, both of these guys could see a lot of targets uh, if, if the Titans are trailing in the second half of this. Do you think you're discounting the Titans win versus the Chiefs earlier this year a little too much at all? Um, no, I was going to talk about that a little bit more on the Kansas City side. But Kansas since, City side, okay. Uh, but since yeah, you brought right. it up, we can go into it now. <laughs> well, I, I, let's let's just stay in order. Okay, I'll, all right, I'll all lead right. us into Kansas City. Sure. You know, I don't have a ton to say about them though. Kansas City versus Houston. Kansas City went down twenty-four, then won by twenty in historic fashion. I think it was the fourth biggest comeback in playoff history. Mahomes finished with three hundred and twenty yards and five touchdowns, with fifty yards rushing on the ground. Kelsey snagged three touchdowns on 10 catches, while Tyreek Hill had a relatively quiet day. Uh, main thing to look for this game, I think, is if Damian Williams continues to control this backfield, regardless of the game script like he did this week. He logged 12 carries for 47 yards and two touchdowns with no other running back carrying the ball. Yeah, I just I think it's going to come down to the injuries again. We talked about Chris Jones. Uh, he's going to be a big question mark going into this game. And the other questions are, uh, as you said, uh, Tyreek Hill. Um, had a pretty quiet game against Houston, uh, and he did suffer a rib injury on that big hit that he took early in the game. Um, that could have contributed to that meager stat line here. Uh, hopefully Hill's going to be close to 100% by next week. He was able to play through that injury and finish the game, so it seems minor. Um, and the same goes for Kelsey. Uh, I, 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 most people probably didn't even realize that he suffered a hamstring injury Um uh, late in the second quarter uh, that limited his snaps in the second half. Um, that's why, uh, you know, I was watching the game um, with some friends and people were like, who the hell is number 81? 
uh, and that's uh, Blake Bell, their number two tight end, because Kelsey's snaps were limited. So, uh, again, the concern for Kelsey should be fairly minor as well. He contributes a few more catches in the second half, and as you said, he did finish the game with that massive stat line, 134 yards and three touchdowns. So hopefully both of these guys are going to be healthy uh, going into this game. Um, and you mentioned the regular season contest, right? The the shocking, uh, the buzzer beater of, of when they blocked that field goal at the end and, and they took down the Chiefs. Uh, the Titans did, that is, right? Yep, that's the game where the Titans beat the Chiefs. Uh, so you'll you'll notice that I use the word fluky. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, mm-hmm. Because the Chiefs had a very good shot at tying up that game going in uh, or uh, to end the fourth quarter, excuse me. Um, you know, the blocked field goal, uh, that's fairly uncommon. And, uh, of course, credit goes to the Titans defense for limiting Mahomes and the, the Chiefs offense. Uh, they held them to, I believe it was five or six field goals in that game instead of touchdowns uh but at the end of the day uh, the fact remains that in that game uh the the chiefs still outgained the titans 530 yards on offense to 371 uh plus that was mahomes first game back from that dislocated knee if you'll remember Uh, so his mobility was still limited he couldn't really scramble much uh he kept mostly in the pocket uh, compare that to the seven runs that mahomes had this past week against houston 53 yards on the ground uh, it's going to be a lot more difficult to stop Kansas City's offense when they're at home and Mahomes is healthy and able to scramble away from the pass rush here. You make a great point. Uh, I, I like the word used, fluky. Uh, would you call it fluky for the uh, Titans to beat the Patriots? Honestly, no. I think the Patriots' offense was was really bad. Um going into that game uh, really that they yeah. couldn't they couldn't overcome 14 points right they held Tennessee to 14 points okay would you call it fluky for a six seed to beat a one seed yeah I, I think okay uh-huh. I, I see where you're going with this I think Tennessee uh-huh. is for real to an extent I just don't think they can keep up with Kansas City no I'm taking the Chiefs too I, actually I think they're probably going to beat them by by double digits <laughs> yeah um, I, 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 but you know I just had to give you a little bit no, I agree, and, and I think, honestly, uh, Chris Jones is going to play a huge factor um, because if they can keep Mahomes off the field, then they're going to keep this game fairly close. Um, it, yeah. it's gonna... Mahomes also couldn't walk when he was playing in, uh, in Tennessee last time. Right. I think he beat his timeline by, what, like two weeks? People were expecting him out to be, be out for at least five or six weeks, and he came back after three. Yeah, he probably should have just waited a little bit. Don't get antsy, bud. Yeah, um, I just I think the health of Mahomes, and then uh, really that's what it comes down to—the health of Mahomes. He just threw five touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, come on, let's be serious. Yeah. All right, and, and plus, Bay you know, uh, not that it matters as much as it used to, but you know that was in Tennessee, and they're going to Arrowhead here. Very, very tough place to play. Uh, lower scoring games, and then Kansas City wins there. Green Bay beat Seattle, of course, at home, 28-23. to Could have been even bigger, honestly, with a few missed plays and opportunities for the Packers. But that's just what the Packers have been doing, not destroying teams this year. Uh, Rodgers threw two touchdowns to Adams on 11 targets. Uh, but they kept going uh, after it with Aaron Jones, whose postseason is likely going to cement him in the back end of the first round most drafts next year. 21 carries, 62 yards, and two touchdowns, and finished number two overall on the season in PPR points. Uh, coming through for the owners who kept their belief through the dark days of Jamal Williams, 
This team still badly needs a wide receiver, too, though, and uh, that should be their downfall this week. Yeah. Um, so a uh, quick, quick little anecdote for you, Los. Sure. Um, I saw a meme on Twitter today of uh, it's like the I don't know if you've seen it before. It's like the four headed dragon and three are super fierce looking and one super derpy looking. Um, <laughs> no, I have not. Okay, well, anyway, the point is uh, they had, uh, you know, San Francisco, um, Kansas City, and Green Bay as the three fierce-looking dragon heads, and they had <laughs> Tennessee as the, the derpy, fluky one, right? Um, oh. I, uh, would you agree? I think that of the four remaining teams, Green Bay is the last seed in, in terms of pretender. power rank. In terms of power pretender. rank. Pretender. So you agree? Usurper. Defend, pretender. Faker. Packer. <laughs> was that a haiku? <laughs> I think so. I I think I think it was. Um <laughs> that was beautiful. Uh I feel like I feel like you should go perform that at like open mic night or something up in Wisconsin. Oh yeah, that I'd make it out alive. <laughs> um that you probably would actually. Uh, a lot of nice people yeah. up there. Well, yeah, that's a good that. point. They'd probably <laughs> give me a beer and a cheese wheel. <laughs> uh, I will say Packers fans are, are some of the nicest people I've met. I, I do have quite a few friends who are Packers fans. Um, hmm. but Just so, not the ones that show up to the Bears games at Soldier, I guess. No, no, uh, not quite. Uh, but yeah. uh, I, I will say, you know, for me, I think, I think I would rank Tennessee above Green Bay as the three seed of the remaining playoff teams. Yeah, Tennessee would run all over Green Bay. Yeah, and and I think uh, so. Vegas has the Chiefs favored by seven and a half points, and they have the okay. Niners favored by seven and a half points. Okay. And I think, I think it's kind of ridiculous that the Niners are only favored by seven and a half. <laughs> well, I think I get I get it because you're still talking about Aaron Rodgers. Whereas on San Francisco, you're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, who only threw the ball, you know, X amount of times and has and the team has no playoff experience. And this San Francisco team was still the 31st best team last year. Yeah. And this is also a team that destroyed Green Bay 37 to eight two months ago. Um, and hopefully we see something similar to, to uh, on, on Sunday. And, Sunday? and Sunday. I right. And I don't know why people think the narrative has changed for this game because if anything, the Niners are better going into this game. They didn't have D Ford last time they played. Uh, He played about half the snaps on defense against Minnesota, easing them back in. He had a sack and a tackle for a loss. Uh, I mean, everything you're saying is right. And I, and I hope, I hope that's what happens. Yeah. And, and fantasy wise, you know, Green Bay has been shredded by the run and by the tight end. I like Kittle a lot this weekend. Uh, and even though Tevin Coleman had the huge game against the Vikings, I think both he and Raheem Mostert are worth a look in DFS. Yep. Um, Kendrick Bourne making some big plays downfield and being targeted in the red zone. Uh, I, I do think that Debo Samuel's a better score, a better bet to score here. Uh, but it wouldn't shock me if Bourne outproduced him and uh, Emmanuel Sanders again. Uh, if Green Bay focuses on those two guys, then I think Bourne's going to have quite a few opportunities. Uh, really, for me, this game comes down to just Jimmy Garoppolo managing it. Uh, he doesn't need to win this game. He just needs to not lose it. He needs to have one or fewer turnovers, one or let, you know, just hold on to the ball. Yeah, just like this last week, let uh, let Nick Bosa go out there and 
get another play of the game uh, racked up. Yeah, I just, you know, and I, I was looking back at the stats from the regular season game, and I was pretty shocked that the Packers didn't throw a pick and then had just one fumble in that game because the way that they got dominated all night, it, it felt like they had like six or eight turnovers, didn't it? It did. I, I It was just two. At one. One. They just just could, one. They just couldn't move the ball at all and kept punting. And every time San Francisco got the ball, they they were scoring basically. Well, I mean, let's cross our. I mean, not to be bitter or anything, but I I do hate the Packers. <laughs> I just I honestly think that that's I, maybe I'll be exposed and be completely wrong, but I think that San Francisco minus seven and a half is one of is free money. Take it. Go take it, and and it will come. Uh, I'm going to take San Fran as well, obviously. Yeah, let's uh, just. Yeah, I don't know. So that know. means we both have uh, we both have San Francisco versus the um, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that is correct. Hmm. What does Dan think? I I actually have that too. Okay, good, good. Well, that's because you're a smart man. <laughs> Uh yeah, that's a that's a uh, that's a bold move, Cotton. We'll see how it works out for him. Uh oh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I think those they're they're the favorites, right? At this point, at least they yes, they are the favorites, both by seven and a half points, as you uh, as you said. Um, and I think honestly, that would be the most fun Super Bowl altogether, anyways. So I, I think that's what the people want, and I think that's what they should get. Yeah, and here's what I'll say about if that does come to pass, if if those two teams are the Super Bowl contenders. Um, you know, I obviously I haven't looked too much in depth, but I think I would root for Mahomes and the Chiefs. But I think it would actually be a pretty close game. Um, I think that uh, you know the public would probably favor the Chiefs by quite a bit, but I, I would give the Niners, you know, at least a thirty forty percent chance to win. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty split down the middle. I, I don't see that being more than a three-point spread for the for the Chiefs side. Yeah, I, I, but I, I think the money will still come in on the Chiefs, though. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, you've got your MVP of late. Although, I don't know. The Niners have a pretty staunch following. Yeah, but I think the rest of the country would be betting on the Chiefs, right? Everybody watches the Mahomes highlights. Not as many people watch the, the Garoppolo Dink and Dunk show. Yeah. Yeah, Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert, and Matt Breida. Yeah, no, you're right. I think you're right. Could be a could be a spot for a pickup right there. Yeah, and I, and I think um, I you know a, another random thing, but I I think that the Tennessee Titans, if they hold Mahomes uh, to a pretty close game, I think that's the blueprint that San Francisco is going to pick up on, and that's what they're going to do. Oh, I think that's got to be the blueprint, regardless. Yeah, I, th- I think they're going to run the ball 40, 50 times if if that's what the Super Bowl is, Kansas City against San Francisco. Unfortunately, nobody on uh, none of the running backs on San Francisco are Derrick Henry, so they'll probably each get injured within, you know, five or seven carries. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's why they've been using that rotation, right? It's working out pretty well for them. Uh you know, yep. it, it sucks. Yep. It sucks for fantasy. It's hard to project. Uh, I don't think a lot of people expected two touchdowns for Tevin Coleman this past week, but it is what it is. It, what it is is what it is. All right, I think we've beaten that horse. Yeah. So I think uh, that'll that'll mostly wrap up our show. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of dynasty here for those who do play uh, in keeper formats, but uh, we'll we'll keep it pretty short here. 
Um, this week was more just kind of wrapping up the year and, and talking some football, which we don't always get to do on our on our weekly shows because we're so focused on you know some of the numbers and the waiver wire ads and all that. Yeah, it's uh, the, I, I like I sort of like you know the the cool down period, especially as you're reigning defending champion. You just sort of get to rest on your laurels for a few weeks. Yeah, sadly, I got taken out in uh, in a couple. I got third place in our league, of course, and I. I barely lost in in another league so i got second place there but uh oh that's too bad i'm and, sorry uh, it's a tough year you know and uh and that that was a pretty stacked team uh i know we've talked about that team before i've gotten your advice on in that league yeah i'm i'm pretty surprised to hear that you you didn't win that to be honest well it's hard to face a team that has both lamar jackson and christian mccaffrey <sighs> oh so michael yeah, michael thomas tyreek hill too. and uh, I can't remember exactly now, but you know, it, um, as as good as uh, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill. Probably just want to bleach your eyes for that one. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I I won't. I'm not gonna say I'm unhappy with second place because anytime you you place, it's it's, it's pretty good. But yeah, it's the first loser. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, let's let's just talk about like one player at each position. Um, sure. one one buy and one sell. How about that? Um, okay. And, and I just want to get your thoughts on these guys. All right. Um, so Kyler Murray, I think he's for real. What are your thoughts? Like he exists as a human being. Yeah. I, I, I've seen pictures. <laughs> um, I think that there's a, <laughs> a, a fair chance that he could be a top three or four dynasty quarterback at this point next year. Um, in mm. that in that tier with Watson and Wilson and Mahomes and, and Jackson in that area, I'm gonna sell that because I do not buy the uh, what was it they were calling it the uh, the gun the gun shy offense the uh, the thing they started doing three and then three games into the season abandoned all hope on. I think his rushing floor is gonna give him quarterback one stats definitely. But the guy's five foot eight. If he takes three big hits. That is going to alter your season, and I would not spend higher than, like I talked about before, 13th, 14th round on if I was going to take him as a quarterback. Hmm. Okay, so we're pretty far apart on Murray here. Um, my argument is that he was able to do what he did this year basically without an offensive line and with Larry Fitzgerald, who's 38 years old and 58 years old or whatever he is, <laughs> um, and Christian Kirk. Who, only 35. Yeah, well, you, you get what I'm saying. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, Fitzgerald, obviously still a contributor, but definitely past his prime, not the dominant number one receiver he was in years past. And then Christian Kirk showed flashes and then he was out for like six games, five or six games. I think it was with a high ankle sprain. Yep. Uh, David Johnson's done. Uh, and then they acquired Kenyon Drake, which was a boost to that offense. But really, Murray was able to do this without much of an offensive line and without really any weapons for a lot of the year. Yeah, it's it's true, and and he's rushing, which he's going to start doing a little more of. He did hold back this year, and then he started to turn it on a bit. Like I said, he's he's a quarterback one in my opinion, but he's not somebody who I'd pay up for. Okay, um, and then I've got a couple cells here. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is is pretty close to, uh, if not already, on the decline. And then uh, you know that I've never I've never been a, a Jameis Winston supporter, and I, I want no part of no part of him in fantasy next year. <laughs> I think a lot of people are going to agree with you with J- on Jameis Winston, but 
if you have fourth rounders and you, uh, you're in a bad place at quarterback or if you just have a place at the end of your bench and he gets dropped, I certainly think he's worth oh, – he, he should not be in free agency in any league. Um, the guy still has the potential to have 350 yards and three touchdowns yeah, any given and, week. Well, and no, nobody's dropping him in Dynasty, sure, but I just – I don't – I think I would sell in, in any league for any second-round pick or better. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I would sell him for a second. Selling quarterbacks or buying quarterbacks is always a tough proposition because it it always depends on whether you find somebody who doesn't understand that they shouldn't be overvaluing quarterback, right? Sure, and I I think I just, I don't know. I have no respect for Jameis Winston. I'm sorry, I don't know. Oh, gosh, come on. You don't want to eat a W? Come on. No, I I think that really was the turning point for me because the ridiculousness (laughs) of of that speech, (laughs) I was just flabbergasted. I was was speechless when I saw that. Um, I mean, the turnover issues obviously are are glaringly apparent, but uh, that in addition, I just... Man, I've clearly I, never eaten a W before. Maybe you ought to try it. No, and I mean, look at, uh, you know, in our league where you won, you faced Jameis Winston in the championship round, right? I did. I did. His luck had fully run out. You're yeah. absolutely right. So, yeah, I just. Anyway, and then what, what are your thoughts yeah. on Rodgers? Because as a Rodgers Ro- owner in a league, I, I was very disappointed in his performance. Yeah, Rodgers, I agree. He's going to give you zero rushing floor whatsoever. Um, and honestly, my, my guy, Aaron Jones, is going to be the bane of Aaron Rodgers' existence. Devontae Adams is still there. He's still going to produce. He's still wide receiver one. But they've leaned on Aaron Jones. He's going to carry this team. This is a good running back who's shown that he can take the load. Yeah. just the... And Matt LaFleur isn't uh, hucking the ball around like uh, like Aaron Jones or like Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure, wants to. Yeah, I, I think for, you know, for... Uh for his own benefit, right? Because yep. we saw how that worked out for, you know, the Packers in the year in years past. Well, there's only so many times you can overthrow a guy and then frown at him and then they just stop running routes altogether <laughs> for you, right? Yeah. Um all right, let's let's move on here to running backs. All right. Um I think that two guys who were injured for a lot of this past year, James Conner and David Johnson. I think I would give them a chance again next year at the right price of the right draft position. What do you think about that? I would too. I think as crazy as this sounds, you would have to pay more for James Conner than David Johnson. But I think all things equal, if they are both healthy and David Johnson falls into the right situation, call me nuts. But David Johnson has RB1 potential next year. Yeah, so I, I saw a poll on Twitter um, that had well over, I think it was like 200 or so votes, David Johnson versus the 2.05 rookie pick, and the, the pick was winning. So you can get him for a, oh late, a late second round pick in a, lot, in a lot of Dynasty Leagues. Well, to be fair... The only people voting in things like that are total nut jobs. Not that not that our addicts are total nut jobs. Y'all are addicts. Y'all are cool with us. But it takes a special breed of person to be to be voting on uh, pick trades uh, when when we haven't even hit the Super Bowl yet. <laughs> sure, I'm just saying though. You know, in in terms of the number of votes that were on that, so, yeah. you know, at least a good yeah. percentage of those people are owners of David Johnson who would sell for that price. Yeah. Know? Yep. Fair enough. Absolutely. 
Um, all right, wide receivers. Uh, I, I got a few names here. Um, I want all right. You, I want you to tell. We already talked about Julian Edelman, so we won't go into his, uh, into detail about him anymore. I had a little okay. segment on him, but we already discussed him. Um, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Uh, you know, just go. Yeah, just riff <laughs> on them. Yeah. All right. I like them both. I really do. I think that people bought a little too much hype when uh, when they were talking about Cooper Cup as a wide receiver one. Yes, la- both last year and this year, he had significant stretches as a wide receiver one. But he is not that guy. He's not that player. And for whatever reason, Sean McVay decided that he really wants to lean on tight ends now. That doesn't mean I'm off Cooper Cup. I really like Cooper Cup, and I think he's a very solid wide receiver two pick. Um, that's where I would have him slotted at. Robert Woods, I love. I still think he's the wide receiver one on this team. I think that showed throughout the course of the season. He was just really lacking in the touchdown department. If you give him a little touchdown regression, I I looked at the math on this, and I think he would have slotted in as a high-end wide receiver two. He did not do that, but I think he has every chance to do that next year, and I think you can, just like this year, get a uh, wide receiver two on your team for the cost of a late wide receiver three. Yeah, I I, I think a lot of people out there um, were disappointed with Cup and Woods this season, and I think a lot of people would be very surprised to learn that Cooper Cup was a top-five fantasy wide receiver at the end of the day. Yeah. And Robert yeah. Woods was wide receiver 14. So you're right on the mark there. High end oh wide receiver gosh, too. Oh my he was 14. So he would have been a one then. Well, depending on the size of your league, uh, generally in 10, 12. Touch, touchdown regression. Right. Well, 12, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, wow. just the fact that you're talking about Cup as a wide receiver two and Woods as a wide receiver three. Um, and if that consensus continues going into the offseason and next year, I think. And uh, I like the guys. <laughs> yeah, and and let's remember that this was a, a hugely dysfunctional offense for a majority of the season, where the offensive line was struggling, Goff was struggling, and these guys still performed like this. Yep. Um. So yeah, I think we both like those guys. Where are you on Brandon Cooks though? Because the concussion issues. Yeah, that's the other point, right? Because all of that value is fueled by the fact that he had no production. I don't know what to make of that. I mean, it's unfortunate. Um, I think both you and I did have him pegged as the wide receiver three on this team. So I don't necessarily know that his concussion issues or lack of uh, production really affects the offense that much. And I think neither you nor I would be buying on him. Um, I would probably. Well, it I depends. Mean, I, okay. I think. Um, so the concussion issues concern me from a dynasty perspective, right? Because one hit sure. and he could just be done. Uh, okay. However, for redraft, I think that he could be a value because so many people are, quote-unquote, like basically done with him, right? Yeah. I think if he makes it past like round 9 or 10 in redraft leagues next year, you know, he's a bargain in, in the later rounds, uh, right? Because he could easily be a wide receiver 2 or 1 uh, if that offensive line gets fixed and Goff has time to look for him deep again. 
Yeah, I don't know if he makes it that far. I guess I haven't, I mean, obviously I haven't looked into it, but I don't know that he makes it to 10. If he's there, I, I think that's where his value is, yeah. Right, and, and ADP will will dictate whether these guys end up being values or overvalued, but I think that right. a lot of people will have that bad taste in their mouth, kind of like how they had with Leonard Fournette going into 2019, right? He dropped in a sure. lot of drafts. Um, sure. Because I uh, take the plunge. Yeah, a lot of this is, you know, what have you done for me lately? People remember last season, right? Mm-hmm. It's at the forefront of their minds. So I Absolutely. Think, a, lot, a lot of people have only played last season. Yeah, and I think so in Dynasty then, so we talked about David Johnson uh, versus the 2.05 pick. Where are you on Cooks versus that same pick, let's say? Mm, no, I'd be further down than that on him. Okay. I think even though I know he's only he's only got to be about 25 years old, right? I think he's 26. Okay. But um, either, you know, close. Yeah, I mean, certainly in his in his prime and he's signed he's signed uh with the Rams for another 3 years, though though he is cuttable after uh after 2, I believe. Um yeah, okay. I I just checked it. Uh, he's 20 he'll be 26 going into next season. Okay. So certainly not so I was close, uh, not far off. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, so I think, you know, the 2.05, the mid second range is about where I'd pull the trigger on that. Um, it would depend. It's also, probably about fair. It's probably about fair. Yeah. Um, okay, let's uh, you know, let's move on to the tight ends then. Um, All right. I've got three name or well, two names. Let's talk about. We already talked about Goddard. Uh, I'm on him as yep. a sell. Um, another guy I think I would be dumping for any first round rookie pick uh maybe even an early second pick if you can get that would be darren waller um for me he's he was the number three tight end in fantasy and ppr formats uh but really that was the perfect storm kind of like what we talked about with goddard and Ertz on philly right um oakland really had no viable wide receivers they lost antonio brown right before the season uh we won't get into him though because that'll take a whole show on its own but uh, they had no Antonio Brown. Uh, Tyrell Williams is a decent role player, but he's certainly not a dominant number one, and he was injured as well for stretches. Um, Hunter Renfro uh, was uh, you know, a preferred target of cars, but he was injured for quite a few games. Um, and then Foster Moreau, the rookie tight end, uh, he also uh, was lost for the season uh, a little bit after the midway point, uh, but he was being used in the red zone, getting touchdowns, uh, clearly earning some trust as well. Um, and then finally, uh, you know, we're all rooting for Darren Waller. We, we all hope he's doing well, but he, you know, much like Josh Gordon, he's got that history of the substance abuse suspensions. He's going to be 27 going into next year. Um, even though he's re-signed to Oakland on a four-year deal, the, there's zero zero guaranteed money on that deal. They can cut him at any time with absolutely uh, no dead money. I think we're going to diverge here. I see Darren Waller as a top five locked-in tight end next year and probably the year after. Just with the way the landscape of tight end looks, the way that John Gruden has historically used his tight end and, again, did this year, even when Darren Waller was hurt, we saw Foster Moreau produce. Um, They don't have good outside options, and I don't think they will have good outside options. Um, And I think he's the far far and away the best athlete that runs downfield on this team. As of of January 13th today. Correct. Yes, correct. 
but Gruden I'm saying isn't. I think they're going to sign a guy. I think they're going to draft someone. I just I don't see that many targets going his way again. Really, I I do, I do. Okay, so yeah. what what is in Dynasty? What is the price, the highest price that you'd be willing to pay? Let's say, let's say you've got a bunch of rookie picks, and let's say that uh, you know you're one or two pieces away from uh, another run next year. Huh? And that piece is tight end. Yeah, let's say you got by with like Tyler Higby and uh, you know like Jacob Hollister and you know whoever. Mm-hmm. Sure. Boy, oh boy. Um, that is a really tough question at tight end. Uh, huh. Because you're saying you think he's a locked-in top five guy the next year or two. I do. I do. And with the volatility of that six through 32 spot of tight end, basically, I'd really, gosh, I'd rather have a, I still think that I'd rather have a first rounder than Darren Waller. Because he's still a tight end. Okay. So we're not that far apart. Because I think early second is huh. the most I would pay for him. And even that's a okay. stretch. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'd rather have a first. Just because, I mean, when when you get into the the, the, dynasty, the numbers in this draft, there are 12, maybe 14 very solid picks in this draft. Yeah. It, but it, it all depends on landing spot. You know, that that's a really too close to call one on me. Okay. Um let's let's talk about some guys who are being drafted around Waller then. Right. All right. Yeah, um, that I can do better. So I guess who who are your top five tight ends? Obviously Kelsey and Kittle in some order. Kittle, yeah. Kittle, Kelsey. Andrews, I probably would guess. Kittle. Yep. Yep. That would probably be number three. Um and then for me it's Basically, Ingram slash Waller. Hmm. Okay, so you've got Ertz outside of the top five. I do, yeah. Okay, what about I Austin right Hooper? Uh, Hoop, Ertz is probably six, and Hooper's probably seven or eight, uh, right next to Hunter Henry. Okay. Um, and then, so you're, you're taking all these guys over the rookies from this past year, Hawkinson and Fant? Yeah, Dropinson and Fant, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, what about some other players then? Um, guys like, ooh, who's who's around Waller right now? Uh, like a Devontae Parker. Waller. Uh, Mike Williams. Waller. Okay. Uh, let's get into some running backs then. Uh, Marlon Mack. Do I have a running back on the team already? That's, I mean, that that gets so situational. Uh, let, well, okay, let's say in a startup, just just in general. No, Mac. Okay. I'd uh, rather have Mac. What about Geis? Waller. Okay, I knew you were going to say that one. <laughs> I just wanted to test you yeah. on that. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, what about like Chris Carson? Oh, that's tough. I think I still lean Carson. Okay. Um, and then maybe this is a separate topic, sort of related, but not really. Uh, where are you on T.Y. Hill and A.J. Green? First in relation to Waller and then just in general. Oof. 
we got to see where AJ Green lands. I think he probably ends up back with Zach, uh, Zach Stacy, Zach, whoever the heck the coach is, uh, lands back in Cincinnati, which I think would probably be the best situation for him to stay in. Um, Zach Taylor, you mean? Yeah, Zach Taylor. Especially if they get Burrow, who's been pretty good tonight. Yeah, I think I probably. Oh, I'm really shooting from the hip here. What if uh, what and not if... and not and not pulling the trigger too fast? I think I think I keep uh, Green Waller Hilton. Green Waller Hilton is that what you said? Yep. Okay. What if uh, what if AJ Green is catching passes? I I want to see him run. I want to see him running routes though first. Okay. Um. What if AJ Green's going to be catching passes from Tom Brady? Mm, I'm sorry, Tom. You're not touchdown Tom no more. No. <laughs> all right. So still Waller for you. Yep. Okay. Um, all right. So I think that's mostly going to wrap up our show. We talked a little bit about all the playoff games. We talked a little dynasty here and there for all you dynasty addicts. Uh, real we had a qu- lot of fun. Real quick question though, Los. Uh, just today, um, Bears new offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor. What are your thoughts? I guess that gives Nagy a different direction to point the finger when his game plans get overcomplicated. I don't know. Um, I, you know, I haven't had time to look into any stats, but just off the top of my head, I thought the the Cincinnati offense was pretty good under Laser. Am I mistaken? I mean, I I think it has more to do with Stacy or Zach Taylor, right, coming in and putting the system in. I mean, they started sort of slow. I mean, I I don't really understand what the point of bringing him in other than as like a consultant is going to be because Matt Nagy's not giving up the keys to the kingdom well he was named offensive coordinator well, we don't know how exactly play calling duties are gonna or I don't know if I haven't really looked into laser too much uh the press conference or anything I just saw the announcement uh but we'll see I mean yeah. may, maybe Nagy's open to you know take stepping back a little bit more uh, who knows yeah. I mean I gotta say I, I don't really get it because I'm pretty sure Zach Taylor calls plays and Matt Nagy definitely calls the plays so I I don't know well I mean he wasn't even laser wasn't even there uh, this past year he got fired two years ago um, oh so he's just been sitting there unemployed yeah as far as I know oh oh that makes a lot more sense to me. See, that's what happens when you catch me with brand new information that I haven't had a chance <laughs> to process. Um, yeah, I mean, because the Bengals were really good two years ago when they decided to can him. So this <laughs> is probably a great move for the Bears. I don't know. We'll see. I I really don't know one way or the other yet. I'll uh, I'll take the fifth like I did on uh, Pete Carroll. We're so. supposed to be talking about my fantasy victory. Not about how depressing and sad the Chicago franchise is, okay? That's uh, that's already the past. You gotta you gotta move into the future. No, this is the present, baby. I am reigning, defending. You you are, and we'll we'll get you your trophy pretty soon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's. I I want to say it's been a crazy year for fantasy, but not really because every year is kind of crazy, right? Just. Yeah. yeah, it's it's become so cliche, but literally every week of the fantasy football season is crazy, and every year is nuts. Yeah, I mean, how many championship teams had Brashad Perriman and Tyler Higby on them? <sighs> Way too many. Yeah, I mean, look at how many teams had probably Damian Williams two years ago, right? In 2018. Yep. And, and yep. Or, uh, yep. uh, who was it? Uh, was it C.J. Anderson? Or who was the... 
Broncos running back who came out of nowhere? C.J. Anderson. Yeah, okay. All right. I was going to say, yep, it's not Monte Ball, because he was the one that sucked. Yep, yeah. Ex- no, yeah. So, poor Monte Ball. He uh, it was too bad. I liked him in college. But, but you know, he can't, he can't have everybody work out. Yeah, and uh, it's, a, it's an interesting game tonight. Some of these names we'll be talking about in the NFL and for fantasy pretty soon. Uh, right now, LSU's up 28-25, to 25 and still got a lot of game left. So, it's... Uh, Man, it's almost it's almost NFL draft season in another couple months and it's just a circle, circle of life, right? Time is a flat circle. Yeah, but uh, it's certainly been fun talking with uh, all you guys, uh, all all our addicts, all our listeners. Uh, we certainly appreciate you listening. I think we actually uh, did not record a wrap-up show last year. We we didn't have time uh, a lot going on. But uh, we're glad we got the chance to sit down and just talk some football tonight, right? Yeah, I had a great time. Um, you can, if you loved it, you can let us know about it uh, on Twitter. If you hated it, you could let Mung know about it on Twitter. Where can they do that? Yeah, I'll I'll be talking uh, a lot of dynasty stuff uh, starting pretty soon uh, already. Really, um, at FFA underscore Mung. That's M E N G. And you can, of course, uh, send all the love and or hate to me at FFA underscore LOS, L-O-S. And much of the same at FFA underscore Dan for Super Producer Dan, D-A-N, the common spelling of Dan. We're also always available for you on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. If you want to hear this podcast over and over again, if you want to go back in time and listen to anything we said this season and try and call us out on, on some of our nonsense, I guarantee you, you can't do that because I'm consistent, baby. Oh, Go you know what? I, I, I totally forgot uh, to mention during the show, but I, I believe you also won our pickums. Uh, you were up quite a quite a bit, um, so I'm just going to give that yeah, one was, to you. I, so congrats on that. I was going to mention it. Yeah, thank you. I I appreciate that. I, I will take the congratulations. I wasn't going to mention it though. I I sort of saw Sorry. that one coming. Much like uh, much like think... Dallas, I lost a lot of a lot of close ones. There you go. And I don't think we kept any record of anything that we bet in terms of uh, single player picks and whatnot, but uh, there weren't many of them this year. I think we only actually agreed on like four things. No, it's it's much like uh, whose line is it anyway, where the points don't matter and we don't keep track of the bets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I, I know we kept track of like a couple because I remember congratulating you and, and you congratulating me, but uh, yeah, beyond that, well, I don't even remember what any of the bets were. That's what it's all for, though, so that we can congratulate each other and everybody can be happy. Yeah, everybody's a winner in our book. Participation trophies all around. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Maybe the Bears will get a trophy. Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, in 2020, <laughs> though, we'll see. Yeah, I think I'm talking about a fantasy world. Mm. Well, that is what we discuss. But, uh, yep. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I interrupted you. What were you talking about? Subscribing and all that jazz? Oh, yeah. You know, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, iTunes, and then that other one that I can never remember. I think you you got all of them. No, there's another. Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud. iTunes, SoundCloud. I, I think that's it, man. I, I don't know if that we're on anywhere else. I thought we recently got on another platform. Oh boy. Well, we're going to get dropped now. <laughs> well, if you uh <laughs> Sorry guys. Maybe they've stopped listening by now. <laughs> no, yeah. 
What's well, uh, you know, you can find us on all those. Uh, you, you won't hear from us for a bit. We probably won't be back. Maybe we'll do a, an NFL draft show sometime in April or May, but uh, we might not be back till August in the preseason. Um, but we uh, we appreciate you guys listening to us. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, if you're watching the playoffs, your team is still in it. Um, at this point, given the teams remaining, I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I would love to see Mahomes win his first. Lombardi Trophy, but uh, as always, thanks for listening. And it's a fantasy world out there. We're all just addicts. Thanks, addicts. <laughs>